Hi, it's Wednesday around 11.15 or thereabouts on Lag Bomer on Tuesday, in other words. And I want to do the Haftorah, um, which again is being sponsored by Mishpacha Stefanski in memory, Zecher Nishmas, of their good friend who was unfortunately trampled in what they call now the body crush or whatever that happened two years ago in Maroon. Notice today's the yard site of a great uh, tragedy, <clears throat> as we know. And by the time I'm saying this here in Baltimore, so I guess it, it must be nighttime already in Israel or close to it. And uh, thank God we haven't heard of any mishaps because uh, it's a scary business. Um, but I guess they've taken precautions now, I hope. Uh, it was very sad. The Nifter's name was Isachar Doberish Ben uh, uh, Steinmetz. That was his name. So Isachar Steinmetz, um, who was a good friend of the Stefanski family. And uh, you know, all we can say is a tragedy in the Sham Shab And uh, it should serve as a warning that when you have these uh, big events, uh, there has to be the adequate precautions. I mean, it's, I don't want to sound like a, you know, like a schoolmother or something like that, but, you know, <clears throat> it is true. <clears throat> Along these lines, we have a Haftorah today on uh, Bukukosai, from uh, which is supposed to, you know, the Haftorah is supposed to parallel the Parsha. So the Parsha has a Tochacha, so the Haftorah has a kind of a Tochacha from the book of Yirmiyahu, Jeremiah. I mean, who else is Mr. Tochacha if not the prophet Yirmiyahu? And uh, as is often the case, the Haftorah cuts and pastes. Uh, takes a, you know, even though it's technically speaking from uh, Pertazion and, and, st- and spills over in the Yudzion, but these chapter headings don't mean anything. The Christians put those together. Um, having said that, it is sort of a little bit out of place because it, it omits the preceding verses. And in the preceding verses, you know, Yermio is blasting the Jewish people as he always does, very often does, right? And he says, because you're doing, uh, and, and he's predicting the future, let's put it this way. But on the one hand, the future, as they always say, Yesi below Yachmena, the Mashiach time will be great, except you don't want to be there. You want to you want to be there when it's over. Like the angel said to Daniel, you go sleep, and those, you, you'll be dead when you wake up when it's Talmud Lekates Ayamim. After World War III is over, then it'll be okay to come out of the grave. Uh, and so there is a kind of a prophecy description uh, that a time is coming, you know, when people will say, oh, you'll see a tremendous stuff happening. Um, has that, that famous Pusik we always talk about the Haggadah time. People won't say, oh, Yitzis Mitzrayim, Yitzis Mitzrayim will be bubkis compared to the Geulo HaChrono. People won't talk about Yitzis Mitzrayim. But rather, but it'll be the other gula, which which will be even bigger. <clears throat> okay, so that's good, but it's not good. What do I mean by that? It's good that the Jewish people will, will end the exile, and it's good that they'll re- be returned through divine um, action to Israel. I'll return to the land. But it's going to take place within an apocalyptic context, which means it won't just happen according to this version of the prophecy, but rather there'll be a violent and terrible period, a, a World War III, as, as they call it. 
And that's why in the next Pesach, which is just before our Torah, it's like sending like uh, fishermen out and hunters, and they'll, they'll go fishing for the Jews, meaning the Nazis and people like that will go after the Jews, which of course happened. And Mial Kohar, Mial Kohar, give them the Kiki Islam. The Jews will be hiding in different places, and the enemies will, will get them. So, no, this is what we call Gogo Mogo. It'll be bad news. Okay? Uh, and why is it going to be like that? Because they will not um, have repented and deserved, you know, beat Danachishana. They've not done Shuba and deserved that they should have an easy Mashiach time. But rather, they'll have a hard Mashiach time. Okay? God says, you can't fool me. I know all the Averis that they're doing. But she and I'll punish them uh, severely for their sins. And then whoever survives will, will, will be Mashiach time, will, will get to Israel and be in uh, <coughs> a grand old time. And in that context, <coughs> our Haftorah picks up where the prophet is saying, Hashem Uzi that God is my uh, protection on the on the day of of tsar, meaning me, people like me, the prophet Yirmiyot. I'm not one of the sinners. I don't go after all the idols, which was very widespread in his time. I don't do all this junk. So therefore, when World War Three hits, I will be safe. Hashem Uzi Umauzi Umanusi Miyom He's the place that I'm Manos that I can hide for shelter on the day of trouble. But but. Um, it'll be a cataclysmic time. And by the time it's over, now before it's over, they get a lot of sorrows for the Jews, like a Holocaust or something. But but when it's over, then the guy will say like this, oh, we're, we, we made a big mistake, we're so sorry. <laughs> the nations of the world will say our religions are all wrong. And now we see which, what it is. And... I, the religions are ancient and are traditional in those different societies. And a major factor in religion, a major factor in religion, is ancestral piety. <clears throat> if I went around to all the from Jews today and said, you know, why are you from observing all the rest of it, some might say, I have a personal connection with their Banishalom. But a lot of people would say, <clears throat> if they're honest now, not if they're shooting the bull, if they're honest, they'll say, I come from a fun family. My family made it through Europe. It was the Holocaust, you know, all this other stuff. And my my parents, my Bobby, my Zadie, my great grand grand, and I I keep it going. You know, I I I paid forward. I'm a member of a chain of 20, 30, 50 generations, and it doesn't end with me. You know, that sort of attitude, which is really one of filial piety, which means that since your ancestors were from, so you keep it up also, which is not bad, but that's different than. A person saying that I have my own Kesher with the Rabbanu Shalom. Even a lot of BTs today, Bali Shuba, you'll see, I found out my grandfather, great-grandfather, my great-grandmother was from, from a family photo. And that's what led me, you know, on this road that eventually ended up with um, me becoming observant. You know, there's a lot of the call of the past in there. And Yermio is addressing this. And he's saying that this is equally true, if not more so, but all the nations of the world, that they adhere to their religions, not because they're grounded in it, but because that's what they learned from their ancestors. And to be fair, their society has repeated it over and over again, as every religious society seeks to do. 
But then there'll be a light bulb moment somewhere along the line, and they'll say, you know, actually we were finding the wrong religion. Sheker, Nochlavusinu. Our fathers had Sheker. Havil, Vainbomom. It was all baloney. In other words, let's say, uh, just for argument's sake, uh, somebody says, you know, my ancestors have always worshipped Zeus. And my great-grandfather died for that belief. And they've always fought for this and persevered in this and suffered for it and all the rest of it. But then it'll come to that light bulb moment, which is, you know, actually Zeus doesn't exist. <laughs> they were all under under a, uh, what's the right word? A uh, delusion. It's not that their God is a bad God and deserves to be abandoned. It's not that their bad God has done bad things. And therefore, it's no longer worthy of our support. There is nothing there. There is no God there. I can't get angry at Zeus. Zeus does not exist. It's a figment of the imagination. You understand? That will be a real light bulb moment in history. Viomer, the nations of the world will say, Shech, Ach, Shecher, Ach means only. Everything in others we learn was Shecher. Hevel, It's all a bunch of bull. Mamish. So that will really be a light bulb moment. This does not happen often in history. It happens sometimes. And when it does, it has, uh, as you can imagine, vast consequences. Um, we live in a world which is, at least here in America, and for a large part of the world, is dominated by the, the two monotheistic faiths of Christianity and Islam. I mean, when they arose, the Christians in the uh, two, three hundreds, and the Muslims in the six and seven hundreds, <clears throat> so partially they spread their faith by the sword, that is true. But it's also partially that they were able to make a case to millions of people at that time that all the religions you've been worshipping until now are all bold. Sheker Nukhla Um That's really remarkable. And we would regard these as uh, very dramatic moments in, in human history. Uh, how could it be, for example, take Mitzrayim off the top of my head, you don't need me to tell you that Egypt had ancient religions long before Avram Avinu. When he showed up with Sar in Mitzrayim, it wasn't like some brand new country or something like that. So they've had their gods and multiplicity of gods uh, of all sorts for generation after generation. And then it changed. Right? Then it changed. So today, nobody in Egypt, as far as I'm aware, is still an idol worshiper or something like that. It's uh, 90% Muslim, excuse me, excuse me, 90% Muslim, 10% Christian, <laughs> excuse me, uh, 10% Christians or something along those lines. So that means that long, long ago, they realized for under whatever circumstances, I don't want to go into the exact circumstances, uh, you know, Shekhar and Nakhla To be perfectly honest, the rise of Christianity is often associated with what I always refer to as syncretism, which means that, and the Christian church was smart about this. They made certain compromises, uh, concessions to the local religions in order to incorporate them within the Christian framework. They didn't, they didn't exactly say everything you did until now is baloney. Uh, like in China, I, remember, I still remember when I was a kid, the Pope visited somewhere in Africa, I mean in Asia, and he said, you can have ancestor worship, 
you know, within a Christian framework, you know, uh, which means that, you know, you do it in a, I don't know, whatever way works for the Catholic Church. That's syncretistic. You know, you can keep some of your old ways as long as you subsume it within our system. That's not Sheker Nukla Bethenu. Hevel, Bainba Moel. That's saying your religion is now being significantly modified. Uh, unfortunately, that is often what happens in history. And that's not a radical break with the past. It's a partial break with the past. In other words, um, think about the Jewish people, because this is where Yermio is going. In the history of Kal Yisrael, unfortunately, the story of the Chumash and the Tanakh after that is not really so much a history of Sheker, Nachla, Bethenu, Hevel, Ve'emba, Moel, as Yermio calls it today, but rather a certain syncretism. What is the story, by and large, of the Kal Yisrael up to and including the time of Yermio, known as the entire period of the Shoftim and Bais Rishon? It was that the Jewish people believed in the Rabbonishal Olam, master of the universe, but they also believed in a lot of other little things under him or, or connected with him. That's usually the way they explain the golden calf, and it's also the way very often they explain even the Baal and Asher and stuff like that, which is all famously um, encapsulized in the speech, the fiery speech of Elyon Navi, the prophet Elijah, where he says to them, Ad how long are you trying to walk on two roads? In other words, the great problem we have, I've spoken about this before, the great problem we have is the syncretistic one, that as long as you feel like you're going to shul on Saturday, which you are, then you don't feel bad about going to church on Sunday. Because after all, I am going to shul on Saturday. I keep kosher. I also keep treif. <laughs> but, but I keep kosher, you know. And it wasn't easy, in fact, it actually proved not possible, unfortunately, during the entire period of the Bayesian and all that stuff, to to at least the ways described in the Tanakh, to get across to Rove of Klal Yisrael that um, there's only one religion, and all the others are a bunch of bull. In other words, it's hard to say Sheker Nochla Vaseinu Hevel Avim Bamoil. Instead, Klal Yisrael said. It may be Hevel, but there's Moel, or it may be Moel, and there's, but 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 it's also not Hevel. You look at the Mafarshim and the Mikras Gedolas, they like Stelzach on this. You understand? I'm just glancing here at the at the Malbim. Yesh Sheker Sheinu Hevel, Yesh Hevel Shehi Asik Alkom Toelus Hagam Sheinu Tobatzmo. Right? You know the Malbim is always Mister uh, Words. What's the right word? You know, um, into the, the 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 language, the actual language, as we know, and the synonyms and all the rest of it. So, the history of the Klal Yisrael, unfortunately, was, and this is what Yermio is criticizing, and you and I know that he's on target because the Tochachan Parshat B'chukosai is predicting that things like this will happen, and that all the terrible punishments of the Tochach will be the consequences of this happening. Okay. And if you think about it, if you think of it, 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 it's something very remarkable over here, at least I always argue, and that is the following, that why does it say in the Tochacha, you have to think this through, why does it say in the the Tochacha that it'll be carry, 
In Telechim you be carry on the Elechem Bechamas carry. Mikrahu. That all these misfortunes <coughs> will be ascribed to Mikra. In other words, the as we know, I know you know this very well, the rhetorical nature of the Tocha and Parshah is, I want to send this punishment. If that doesn't make you do Tshuva, I'll send even a bigger punishment. And if that doesn't work, I'll, be, I'll do sevenfold even a bigger punishment. And you'll end up being cannibals and starving to death and doing the worst things in the world and all the rest of it. And I'll send you away to foreign lands and you'll suffer there. Oh, Ozi Konohat Lavam HaOrel. Ozi Ritsu Avanam, as the Pusik says. So now as you keep ratcheting it up, and this is not only a warning, but it's a prediction. Because you and I know this is exactly what happened to the history of Claudius Yisrael. So in other words, people kept saying it's a Mikra. They didn't repent as a result of the misfortunes. Had the first thing happened, whatever the first thing is in the Tocha, and as a result, Jewish people changed, then the rest of it wouldn't have happened. But since they didn't change, the whole process of the Tocha unfolds. Now, what what is the reason that it, it doesn't happen? Why, no, it's why don't the people repent? Uh, after all, it's only logical that someone's getting hit over the head to say, well, if, if what it takes for me to do to stop this pain is to do Teshuvah, I'll do it. You know, I mean, that's the normal way of human beings. So the only answer you can give, I think, is if you believe in a multiplicity of kochas. Let's say, for example, you're thinking along the lines that I'm describing the bias region period. So yes, there's the Rabbanu Shalom, but as the Rambam says, he's very busy and he has underlings, other gods and forces out there under him, of course, who take care of local trichuses and things like that. So, if a misfortune happened, it's not that I got Hashem angry, it could be that I got his minister of defense, or his butler, or his uh, chauffeur, or, you know, his secretary angry. And those are the guys I have to watch out for and take care of. Who would be God's butler and chauffeur and secretary and all the rest of it? The answer is Baal, Asherah, Moloch, uh, you know, whatever Avodah you pour, you know, whatever Avodah turns you on, you know, Milcom, uh, how can you say a thing like that? Why not? Right? What about the facts of You could read that as, you know, don't, I mean, if this, let's put it this way, people knew about the Ten Commandments and they worship the idols like crazy anyway, so probably Alponai means don't worship the other idols when I'm there. Right? But when I'm not there, meaning when the people perceive that God is uh, somewhere else, or his mind is turned somewhere else, then they can worship these other idols. No, then it's Kadai to do that. So, uh, you know and I know, this was the matzah of the Jewish people for 800 years. And all the exhortations of the prophets and those types down those centuries, your Elian Navi types, your Elisha types, all these other Navis that make cameo appearances uh, in the book of Malachim and in Devarayamim. I mean, they're all of this type. And uh, it, it overall, it does not seem to have worked. Okay? You can't say that the ten tribes stopped worshipping whatever idols they did, and yet we all know that you have somebody like Ahab, even Ahab, he considered himself uh, a good Jew, believe it or not. Maybe Ahab's not, but Ahab did. 
Um, but he had syn- syncretistic ideas, which is why Elio Novi says, You have to make up your mind. If you want to worship Baal, then don't pretend that you're being a from Jew. And if you are being a from Jew, and then totally dropped his Baal in a share of business. But it's easier said than done. So in our Haftorah today, we have the very striking passage that when you're looking forward to the um, future and the Geula time, which ordinarily we like to think is a good time, uh, it will be characterized by a certain recognition that it's not that we were following the wrong gods. We should have spent our time more with the big boy, who's more powerful than the other gods. But rather, there are no other gods. <laughs> but look at all the, you'll, you'll say, but what all about the statues and the temples? And we heard stories that did, uh, that this one propitiated this deity and it helped and that one didn't. It didn't help all the rest of it. And the Novi said, I guess, what can I tell you? Uh, even the Goyim will come. And those are the ones you're imitating when you worship the Baal or the Asherah and the Moloch or the others. I mean, these are not Jewish gods that you guys thought up. You're inheriting and picking up whatever the Canaanites did, whatever the Egyptians did, whatever Ammon, Moab, and Edom did and all that sort of thing. Haram. So they themselves are telling you have of Aimbo Moil. Sheker Nochalabasenu. So the very deities in which you put your trust, uh, again, telling yourself that you're still good Jews because you still believe in an overall overpowering God all the way at the top of the food chain. These people who you're imitating, these guys, will tell you, actually, um, we've just realized that uh, we're simply worshiping an imaginary sort of thing. It doesn't even exist. So you can't criticize a god for, you know, if it doesn't exist. If I say I'm going to worship a Kool-Aid, you know, uh, I can't get angry at the Kool-Aid. Uh, you know, the, the guy's nuts. He wants to worship a Kool-Aid, whatever it is. So um, that's the situation he had at that time. And he says, can a person make a god when 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 it doesn't exist? Now the Jewish people, of course, did exactly that, and that's part of the complaint. That's the beginning of the whole long passage that we have in our Haftorah today, where he says, "Chatas Barzo." Then, unfortunately, the sins of the Jews are written in a in a hard, in a hard pen. No, it was like a, a, a pen made out of metal, which you scratch in, and it stays scratched in. Uh, okay, we get that. But um, what do you see from all this? You see that the main problem was a certain mindset. And that's always true throughout history. It's not the belief that's the issue. It's the mindset behind that belief. The mindset that says, I know this is right now, I don't want to hear any any contradictions to it, is because it's wrapped up with emotions, it's... Uh, you know, unbreakable, you know what I mean? You can't do anything to make a dent in it. And that's what the sad fate of the prophet Jeremiah was. He brought all these nevuas and miracles and who knows what, and nothing worked because he couldn't get over, you know, uh, into them to, to change their way of thinking. That's that's just what it was. He couldn't get them to change their mode of thinking. So it's hard for someone to say... Um, now, I myself always read this. I don't know. I don't see anybody says it. I myself always read it like this. 
and listen again closely. Hashem Ozi Mosi, Elecha Goyim Yovim Yavsarat, Viyamru Ach Shecher Shecher Nochla Abbasenu, Hevel Imbam Our fathers bequeathed to us a lie, and uh, it's all heck, it's all baloney, it's a figment of the imagination. So why do they put the word about our fathers? After all, they themselves are idol worshippers. And the answer is that um, in time of Mashiach, or whenever it is, whenever a, a certain religious, genuine enlightenment never falls, which happens actually once in a while in history, if you know the history of religions and ideas, which is a whole interesting subject of its own. Uh, but when that happens, so let's put it this way, the younger generation is uh, not so stuck to it. And the younger generation is the one that can change. The older generation usually is so hard in their ways, they can't change it in the face of overwhelming evidence. And that's why it says, that they say, we were given Shekhar by our our parents, by our Avos, it's totally baloney. Don't say that the parents will say that, because the parents are beyond, are, are beyond repair. And very often among Jews also, you just look at the Balchuba movement, for example, just off the top of my head, he says, usually it's the young people's phenomenon. Not, not always, but usually. Because the older person, whatever he or she is, let's say, again, for argument's sake, there's a reform, a conservative, or a secular, or a liberal, or this, that, and the other, wherever they are, if you gave them the biggest proof in the world, they wouldn't change. They can't change. You know, it's, it's not going to happen. You understand? It's not going to happen. Uh, that's who we Jews are. But the ones who are not so invested in it, it's not the way they spent their life. They're younger, they're fresher, they're open to new ideas, newer ideas, I guess. So them it's possible to say, Shekhar Nachlov, it's in them, So I'm simply pointing out, or trying to, in this uh, look at the Haftar, even just the very first puzzle, which I think personally is the most important of the Psukim in the Haftar. Uh, that what you see over here, is an understanding of human psychology, and psychology marches to its own drummer. It has its own rules. If something, you know, if people are into it, um, especially the older generation, it's not going to change. Sometimes, when there's trouble happening, when there's trouble that can cause people, usually a younger generation, to question the values of the status quo. And that's when you get your changes of religion. And, you know, what is the definition of Yom Tzara? It could be a lot of things. It could be a lot of things. Uh, like I said, it's interesting to me that we had a Baal Chuba movement start in this country after the 60s war in the 60s and 70s, primarily. Uh, was that a Yom Tzara? Not exactly. Not exactly, but you saw um, people were saying, uh, at least the Judaism that my parents are following, you would say, or our family's following, is Hevel uh, Lein Because a lot of Jewish culture in America and elsewhere is totally vapid. That's literally Hevel Lein Lo Yoel. But it's easier for the younger generation to do that. So we have the insight that uh, sometimes, you know, the misfortune of Torah is almost like wasted because the older generation can't change even over the heaviest of blows. But the younger ones can change. 
The young ones can. And it's possible for a person to say, listen, you know, I know my parents, my, this, in this case, the father, you know, uh, wouldn't believe everything that they've been told. But I do. Right? I do. And as a result, um, you have a large cadre of these people who are rethinking um, their, you know, their, their entire um, uh, world outlook. And from then can be re- recruited those who will be, as they say, the the people who are able to break out of the mold of old thinking. And uh, it seems that the Messi, based on the Torah today, the Messianic era will be led by those who are able to break out of the old mold and think in new and new ways, involving a return to the original Jewish values. Uh, but it won't be so simple. Won't be so simple. Anyway. As I just wanted to say a few words about the Torah today, which again parallels in an interesting way the Tochacha. It just asks the question that what is the result of the Tochacha? Those what feelings does does this promote within you know the 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 Jewish people um, and the people living through it? Um, that already is very interesting because. There are people who went through the Holocaust and stayed not from. The people who resulted stay from. I mean, you have all kind of wide variety of responses to these, um, you know, terrible times. But anyway, again, I want to thank Mishpacha Stefanski and uh, again pay tribute, sadly, to the uh, to the Elias Neshama, to the memory of uh, Yisachertov Beres Steinmetz, um, was one of the victims, as I said before, one of the Carbonas of this um, stampede or body rush or whatever. Now, before I go, let me just throw in one item up here. I forgot to mention There's a guy in my shoal who needs a place. Him and his wife, they're going for just a very short time to Yerushalayim. Let me read what it says. Me and my wife are landing in, in Israel June 26th and are leaving right after Shabbos, July 1. So that's a business of four or five days, right? And uh, they're coming for a chasana. For somebody else in my shoals getting married in Israel, and this couple asked me just to put it out there. They're looking, you know, like more or less in Rechavia type area, or Shai Chesed, one of those one of those type places between Machnihud and Heichal Shlomo, um, for a place to rent for a few days. If anybody's interested, send me an email, and I'll forward it to them. As he says, they're happy to pay for cleaning, and uh, you know, you, you, you can do a favor for somebody. Uh, so again, if you're interested in this at all, just send me the email and I'll forward it to uh, Gary Peretsky.